Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Josh. I'm Justin. Hey guys, have you seen Heavy Metal? Yeah! I'll give away the whole movie. Okay. <laughs> you know the Josh drill. Yep. Um, give us it's the not spiel. even the give us drill the anymore, it's just the Josh drill, because it's yeah. him every time. It's another not great title, I mean, it tells me that it's probably music related about metal. Uh, if you hadn't have, like, if you hadn't have done the music, I might have thought that it was, like, a war movie. Ooh, like, uh, about, like, tanks or something. Like, oh, okay, like, uh, Full Metal Jacket? Yeah, yeah, yeah full sure. Metal jacket, yeah. Gotcha. But no, it's, I guess it's about bands. That was more in just bands. response to the name. Sure. Like, purely. That was not an indication of This show is about. metal, I but it's not necessarily about metal. This is an awesome movie, so maybe... It's an 80s horror movie about, you know, metal zombies or something. But it's probably some kind of, like, garage band. You know, well, they want to be a band, and then they do the thing. They make a deal with Satan and all that. Sure, yeah. There's or got, they play the record it's, backwards. It's your movie, so there's got to be some kind of, like, supernatural element or whatever. It's, it's not just going to be a feel-good band movie. Ooh, feel-good band. Like Spinal Tap, right? Ooh, I kind of think I can... It's fun that I think I can guess the first thing that Josh is going to say about this movie. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Exasperated sign. No. You'll probably be pleasantly surprised. I hope it's a swerve. Yeah. I I think you'll enjoy this. It's probably going to be a swerve and it's not going to be interesting. (laughs) But anything's better than Sandlot, so... Yeah, is that our new motto? Anything's better than Sandlot 25th year anniversary? We can make sure it's of that. Would you rather watch Sandlot again or the or Emoji what? Movie? I would rather watch the Emoji Movie. Oh, the Emoji because Movie. Because there's a bunch of stuff I probably didn't catch. Or the Justin Bieber documentary. Well, I'd rather watch Beaver, Fever 2. Yeah. Because the no, first one. No, not a new one that you haven't the, seen. I'm just saying, the first one, it got me invested. But I'm, would you I'm watch curious. the first one again? These are all, like, <laughs> terrible would-you-rather drunk party questions that have no good answer. I would not. <laughs> How about we get to watch and have your middle and come back? Cool. Sure. All right, here we go. Heavy Metal, uh, 1981. So, Josh, what do you think? Uh, it was interesting. Definitely not what I was expecting. Although, how could I have guessed that? Well, why don't you uh, run us through what happened? It was a series. The story is about an evil green being a dick to everyone in the multiverse, and he's telling this to some little girl. And at the end, he's beaten by a warrior in another planet. And dies, and the girl becomes the warrior because the first warrior dies beating the orb. So we're just like soul transfers to this little girl or I hero, I guess. guess. What if that last section was like the demon fighting her inside of her mind? I don't think there's a lot of like, deep thought to be put into this movie. It's pretty awesome, though. We've got an animated movie with a ton <laughs> of. Uh, Rock songs oh, from yeah. the late seventies. Oh yeah, everyone's on this shit. So it starts off, and so this ties into pop culture a little bit. Did you get this reference? 
where a space shuttle's above Earth, it opens, and a car comes out with an astronaut at the front seat? I mean, I can't say I've seen that reference anywhere else. Okay, so Elon Musk just launched his Tesla into space. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of the pictures of that? I have not. Okay. like heavy metal? He put an astronaut in the front seat to mm-hmm. mimic heavy metal. And uh, the dashboard read, like, don't panic as an homage to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, Nerd. Yeah. Bougie nerd. (laughs) But uh, it starts with this scene where an astronaut's coming down to Earth, he hits the Earth, parachute opens, uh, and we find out it's a scientist who's been on an excavation mission, and he brought home a present for his daughter, and it's this glowing green orb. And as soon as he opens up this space case... It melts him. It melts his face. It melts his body. He turns into a pile of goo. And then it starts talking to this girl. And it's like, let me tell you some horrific stories and some kind of cool ones. (laughs) Some about the future and some fantasy. It's all about how, like, no matter what happens, good or bad, there'll always be bad. So you can never beat me. So don't try. I'm just bad. But if you stick around, you'll get Harold Ramis and John Candy. <laughs> They're in this. They are. Stay tuned. <laughs> the first story he tells is of an excavation on another planet, and it's very fifth element, this first story. The first story was the... Captor. Exactly. Have you seen the fifth element? I want to say yes. Okay. Bruce Willis is a cab driver and sort of a post- Futuristic. It's when did when did that come out? Look it up. <laughs> but uh, Josh, Google. it's like a very downtrodden future. It's super built up technologically, but it's also super capitalistic. And there's a taxi, a cabbie. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, sitting outside of a museum, and this guy explodes through the glass of the window, and some mobsters are chasing him. And this girl's running away, and she's like, you gotta help me. These guys are trying to kill me. So she gets in the cab, and he saves her. She, like, passes out. He takes her to the police station first, and there's like, I gotta report a murder. And they're like, yeah, what else is new? And uh, he gets into the police station, and they want to charge him $1,000 a day for, like, a couple different things, like surveillance, detective work, putting a case together. It's like, you gotta pay for the law, like, super amount. And so he can't afford it. He leaves, takes her back to his place. They sleep together. The next morning, she's gone, and the the cops busted, not the mobsters. Yeah. And they're like, where's that girl you tried to bring to us last night? We said, fuck off. And he's like, I don't know, fuck off. Yeah. And they, they fuck off, and they're like, if we don't hear from you, you're dead. Just, like, straight up threatening him. Nice cops. Yeah. Nice they said this wasn't the mafia. <laughs> the blue mafia. Um, so he's riding in traffic and he notices he's being tailed. And what's this thing that comes up to the window? It's like a message bot telling him to meet the, someone at a certain location. Yeah, it's like your uh, female acquaintance. No, Statue of Liberty. Oh, okay. And so he's got a book it. He turns on his jet boost, and it gets him there in time. Picks her up. And he has, like, guns that comes out of it and shit. His taxi is so souped up. Yeah. The first time we see him, this uh, punk gets in the back and tries to threaten him with a pistol. 
and he's got a button by the gas. He can flip the cover up of his with his toe, hit the button, and it just vaporizes whoever's in the back. Crazy. Yeah, his dashboard's full of guns, knives, grenade, all these crazy future weapons. This is exactly like the fifth element. He even looked kind of like Bruce Willis' character. <laughs> he did. I got kind of a Bill Murray vibe from him too. He's very um, beginning of stripes, kind of schlubby, future New York. Have you seen Stripes? Um, yeah, they have a meeting point with the mafia. They're like, bring the orb, we'll pay you a ton of money. And they're like, yeah, whatever, it's an orb, who cares? They don't know what it does, and if they knew, they wouldn't want it. So they take it, they drive away, and he's like, hey, we get to take a vacation now and split it 50-50, just like we agreed upon. Remember last night when we promised that to each other and we said 50-50, we're going to share it? No, we fucked. We fucked on it. What'd she do, Josh? She pulls a gun on him. Yep. And then he vaporizes her. Pretty awesome. He seemed to catch her off guard a little bit. That's like exactly what he said. Well, yeah, because I didn't know it was a series of stories at that point, because that was the first story. And I was like, where the fuck is this going to go? Oh, no. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and then the mobster opens the case and gets evaporated. Yeah. By the word. The only guy who gets away is the, the taxi story. driver. And with he a gets bunch of money. away with a bunch of money. And the Green Orb's trying to tell some moralistic stories throughout this, like, hey, don't be too greedy. I don't know that they're trying to do that. I think in his own space-perverted Green Orb way, he is. No. No. I'm going to point out some stories coming up. Yeah. what the morals are. Oh, I can make up with this girl. I I think that he was trying to dominate this girl, and she had to fight back, and that determined if he was defeated or not. Okay, good point. Uh, what's the story we go to after this? The kid gets transported to Hematland and turns like a buff dog. Oh, I love this yeah, one. It's like yeah. a creep show intro or something. There's this nerd in his attic bedroom. He's got like telescopes and globes. He's got the glasses and the He's protector. Talking, talking and uh, what happens? This thing comets down? or it... Yeah, it's just the green orb. Yeah, and he gets sucked through all these wormholes through space and time. And um, he gets a new body. He becomes oh, girl, door, super, super dork. <laughs> Not super no, dork. That's when he calls his penis. Yeah. He, uh, now, now that's what he calls his penis. Four was just dork. Now it's super dork. I see. Because he gets transported to a new land and it's on this giant altar, and somebody's performing a sacrifice. And he's like, that's not cool. But in his head, he still has the nerd voice, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, that was great. So he's kind of narrating the scene, like, I couldn't go down there and let him see my dork. So he tears, like, a flag off and puts a loincloth on. There's this roiling pool of orange and yellow and red. And it looks like magma, like you said, Josh. They throw the girl into it, and he dives into it. Unknowing what it is. Could have been acid. Yeah. He's tough, though. Because when he gets down there, he rescues her, and then... Finds a cave that just happens to be there. Underwater tunnel system. Like a, like a solid two minutes. Yep. And so in his head, he's like, I didn't know if I could do this or not, but my new body was pretty swell. You know, her body can hold up, too. <laughs> yeah. They get out, and they're in this garden of Eden. There's, like, palm trees and fruit plants growing everywhere. And there's a lush meadow. And she wakes up, and she's like, Hey... I came from a place called Earth, and her narration goes like, 
little since he know. I into books and chemistry. I don't know. That's yeah, pretty cool. They're like both, they're both like total nerds. That's total, what I get. Yeah, nerd, yeah, perfect like, match. Yeah, like nerdy, like scrawny people on Earth. We don't like, get a voiceover like for her. <laughs> she could look identical. He's like, yeah, I'm from Earth too. Yeah, this is this a- is exactly what I looked like. <laughs> we should never go back there, though. She's like, yeah, we should never go back there. <laughs> So they get on this... Let's just fly away on this giant fly. Well, first they defeat the cultists. They have... No, first they have sex, almost. Yes, almost. And he states that things were going pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> he has a habit of putting the obvious in his nerve voice. He then says that the people who interrupted him from having sex had terrible timing. Yeah. This was a great line when uh, she's leaning back and she's naked. You can see her breasts and her eyes are closed. And he's like... You have beautiful eyes. <laughs> okay, yeah, you man. Her eyes were closed when you said that. <laughs> so they get captured by a bunch of gnolls. Uh, they're like dogmen. Yeah. Or orcs or something. And they're all led they're by all this. They're different colors, too. Well, so are dogs. They're led by this scrawny little dude dressed like a Roman. He's in a tunic. And uh, he's like, you can work for me after he beats up all his null bar bodyguards. He's like, I'll never work for you. Picks up a gun and The dude whose face looks like way more realistic than anybody else's face. Yeah. A lot of the animation in this was done off of live action footage, you can tell. Which, I mean, it's pretty cool. It was done in 81, and it's good animation as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they defeat the cult. This guy regenerates. And then he fights, like, the queen. They go in and have an ambush mission where they're trying to get this staff, which is the green orb. What was the line in this one where we'll he, face like, through the walls. He's, like, he's like, why don't you take a shot at me? And he shoots him with three holes and it just heals. He's, like, in his head, in her monologue, he's like, I see why they chose him as their leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's the story of that? <laughs> hey, want to make a bet? I'll, you shoot me. And if I'm fine afterwards, you can shoot me anywhere, as many times as you want. <laughs> I'll be president. I don't know. Better deal, maybe. Better deal, maybe. Uh, so they sneak in, and he's like, you guys, you take the door, we'll go through the walls. It's like, alright, that's something you can do, Knowles. Right? We'll meet you through the walls. They might have tunnels. Maybe they can. I've been watching. Maybe they're Danny Phantoms. I've been watching that Full Metal Alchemist show on Netflix, the live action one, and in the first fight scene, there's tunnel dogs. Yeah. And it's pretty scary. They're fast and ferocious. Dude, you add tunnel to anything and it makes it scarier. Tunnel sharks? And then you're talking about the D&D power of tunneling. Yeah, where they have a burrow speed. Yeah. Give anything a burrow speed and it's. Well, everything has a burrow speed. Well, but I mean like a good burrow. Tunnel bees. <laughs> Tunnel bees. What's that low buzzing sound? <laughs> Someone running a vacuum cleaner? It's a swarm that just comes up at once. Ooh, that'd be gnarly. Candyman shit. Um, so... They... It's not very good. It's not one of the best Clive Barker stories. Um... He sneaks into the queen's chamber, and he's like, I felt something strange. Totally grabbing her boobs. The lights come on. She's nude in, like, a oh, robe. Man. And all of her palace guards are in the room with her. Yeah. And she's like, kill him. 
Slit his throat. What were they they doing in there? Hanging out. Nighttime. In the dark. Yeah. And then like two seconds after she orders him to be killed. It's like, wait, no, he's hot. Let me fuck him. I'll let you survive if you fuck me good enough. And And then he does. Yeah. And this bed looked like it was made out of giant, like, red grapes or something. This yeah. was pretty cool. I knew I was good, but I didn't know I was that good. Twice in one day after 18 years of nothing. nothing. Like, this total nerd voice <laughs> <I> said. <laughs> um, she's like, oh no, the staff. They go outside. The water's roiling in green this Oh yeah, because there's kind of two villains in this. The tiny guy and the toga. And her. And the tiny guy. The tiny guy stole it while they were fucking. Right. So now there's a, he grabs a chain, connects it to a spear, shucks it up there. The perfect moment that lightning hits it, goes in the pool, connects to them, and shucks it out of the green rod out of their hands. They get blasted to who knows where. Maybe Earth. Mm-hmm. Which, cool. Whatever. They're Earth now. Yep. Could be us. <laughs> they decide to not go back to Earth. Oh, why would they? Yeah. So, I wouldn't either. Because they live in a horrible, like, wasteland. <laughs> yeah, but look at him. And there's giant flying things and giant magic. Giant flies. Flies, yeah. Yeah, but you have one domesticated. Do you think it's Brundlefly? I came die? here after New York didn't accept me after I went full fly. Uh, they probably die after like two hours. Oh, that's a high turnover. I do not want to go to those like breeding chambers, <laughs> like fly egg places. You insects are gross. <laughs> uh, then we go on to the next story. Which is the jury trial with the oh, with like this super jerk guy that like seems awful. This is Zap Brannigan, but in eighty one, and he's a terrible person. He's convicted of several several rapes, several murders, larceny, space theft, space perjury. Yeah, everything. Yeah, every space crime you can think of, and he's like, I I vote or I I plead innocent. And everybody's just aghast, like, why would he do that? But, um, he's got an ace up his sleeve. Little does he know that there's this janitor who's gonna plead against him later. No, he says that is the ace of his Well, we don't know that yet. He does say that at the beginning. He says it like five times. He says, I got an angle. What I was going for is little does he know that his angle has found the green orb. It's crashed through and it's tiny now, the size of a marble. Yeah. And he's passing it back and forth. And it seems to be influencing him. He gets angrier and angrier as he testifies. Mm-hmm. And he keeps go flip-flopping. He's like, he's the best man I've ever known. And then his voice will change. And he'll be like... To like Zap's voice. He'll be like, he's a terrible person. Um, and eventually he gets so mad that he transmutes into... Like a Hulk? Wasn't he like saying what the Zap guy was thinking? No, he was just throwing wild accusations. Yeah, because he's like he had like a, a preschool prostitution ring. He dressed as a nun to sell drugs. Like these were obviously fake charges. Because even the Zap Brannigan character was like, "I never did that stuff." <laughs> like even though he proved innocent to all these other crimes, which he's obviously guilty of. So he goes full Hulk. The guy giving testimony wrecks the courtroom. He's gonna kill him. He chases him through the space station. He's Doing a lot of havoc. This one's pretty good. Like, the art. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, corners in a, in a dead end. I like this little companion. This reminded me of Portal 2 with Wheatley. 
this was like an iBot, oh, and he kept I-Bot. like, yeah, he like knew the ship's interior. He kind of did, didn't he? He's like this way or something. He pointed. Okay, I thought he made weird noises too, maybe words. But uh, the big guy comes and he's like, "I feel like I owe you this." Hands of thirty-five thousand space dollars. Yeah, like this was the plan, like, and it was the guy he transmuted back. The orb didn't matter. Didn't at all do anything. He has that orb the whole time. Yeah. Um, well, then he gets that yeah. Oh, yeah. Space him $35,000. It's a trap door in this dead end that he knows Specific is there. Order, yeah. In this perfect spot he's standing in. And the guy gets jettisoned out in space and burns up an atmosphere. And loses the orb. Yep. At least Zach Brannigan didn't get it. Well, what more chaos we now we go to one of my favorite segments, which is the V13. Yeah. This one, I love the art. And uh, it's just pretty gritty. And yeah, it's no, it's a pointless story, though. I, I the music I know. was amazing, like with the plane flying and that. Yeah, the music is great throughout this. Um, it's in World War Two or the Korean War. Who knows? Who really knows? You could look up a B thirteen and tell us, but we don't really care. This isn't a war movie podcast. Oh, please tell us. Yeah, let us know you're listening. What's that? Have you tanked? So the War War Movie Podcast? Have you fought? Have you tanked? Have you warred? Have you... Have you battled? Um, it's just a plane that just gets torn apart by enemy fire. Everyone in the they back, all, all the gunners are just, yeah, ripped to ribbons by these bullets. And there's two pilots, the pilot and the co-pilot. And as soon as they're out of enemy fire, they're like, you should go back and check on that and see how bad it is. As soon as he opens the door, he just sees blood lining the interior. Bullets are shredded through. And the green orb has crashed down and it's intercepted. In their, it's in their engine or something. Yeah, it's making the whole plane glow blue. Because every time it goes, it goes from, like, world to world. It's Try omnipotent, it. it says. It's, yeah. like, it's in all places at once. So it's telling her all these stories. This one, yeah, it brings back all these dead people. And reanimates them into zombies. Skeletons, man. With guts and some flesh. It's gnarly. Because uh, the first guy, he opens up uh, whatever the gunner bubble is underneath the plane and gets pulled in and all this blood splatters blah, against blah, 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 blah. it. And I was talking about how this reminded me of our Amazing Stories episode. Yeah, There's sure. a really long episode of Amazing Stories that takes place in a gunner plane like this. And uh, they have to figure out how to land because the landing gear is not coming down and someone's stuck in the underneath part. Listen to our episode on that. Find out more. Um, But this one gets dark because the plane's full of zombies and the captain, or the pilot, probably captain too. They just start getting murdered, right? Well, he goes back up to the front and he opens the door and it's like, and they close the door. And all of a sudden they start slamming it. Like, these are super strong. They're bending this metal. And so he takes the yeah, emergency hatch and jumps out of the plane. Get off that plane. He parachutes, lands up on a tiny Pacific island. It it's looks covered like. with crashed planes. It's, There's so many crashed planes. I think he's wound up in a bearable, very, very bad dimension. Yeah. Or it's just a plane graveyard for some reason. But they still have tons of bodies in them because they get reanimated too. And as soon as he's in the middle of all these, like, plane graveyard, the hatch is open. 
port doors open and all these zombies start coming out. And they're not normal. Like, they've got long nails now and sharp teeth. Like, it's made them very menacing. But they're skeletons, too. Yeah. Very Iron Maiden looking. Ghouls, maybe? Um, that's where that ends. He, he's fucked. Yeah. Then we're on a spaceship. Looking over the Pentagon. And we're in the Pentagon then, and there's this meeting about national security. This G-Man walks in, super pale, round glasses, and immediately you know he's a bad guy, an alien. Well, he never proved himself to be a bad guy, but he was. Um, He goes in, and they're talking all over each other, and they're like, Constituents in my area are growing arms out of their backs. What do I tell them? It's about a mutant crisis or something. Yeah, and we don't see that. What we see is this secretary sitting across from him who has the green orb in her necklace. Yeah, that's what he was staring at. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not extraterrestrials. Science says so. And they're all like, oh, breathe a sigh of relief. That's awesome. Cute alien invasion. Giant, round, face-bug-looking ship over the Pentagon. Sends down a, not a t- transporter. Like that makes him go crazy. Mm-hmm. And he, like, starts motorboating her for some reason. Trying to get the jewel, I think. We find out he's not even human, because this vacuum tube comes and sucks him up. It drills through the roof. He comes down and smashes apart. He's a robot, this G-Man. No idea why he's a robot, or who he's built by, but they say they got to repair him. John Candy Mouse Robot is super upset that he's broken. Do you think he has... a? Like OCD, he just has to fix other robots. No, I said that he can't sell it unless he fixes. Oh, I got you. This was uh, one of those little uh, junkyard guys. Yeah, from Star Wars. What are they? The the desert ones in the big ship that sell Luke and his uncle the ship. Sand people. Gungans. No, that's a uh, that's a uh, Gungans is uh, what's his name? No idea. <laughs> from a. Uh, Obi-Wan. Is he a Gungan? No, Jar Jar Binks is a Gungan. Oh, okay. So, she gets down there, and the mouse robot, John Candy, falls in love with her immediately. Makes the moves on her, they say. Yeah. And it works. Well, yeah. And fucks her. While they're getting it on in the space bedroom, which is really nice. Like, you see Bender's bedroom in Futurama, and it's a closet he sleeps in. But this guy has, like, silk curtains hanging from the ceiling, giant bed, nice lighting. Uh, and while he's doing that, we've got Harold Ramis and another alien up in the front piloting. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we got any more of that hydrochloric uh, space Sh- dust? Sh- yeah. They say something. That's Sh- not what it is. They're like, just one bag, man. They dump all of it on the floor for some reason. I don't think it's enough. Well, because they have an industrial line maker. This is like a floor buffer. And um, this bag is like a giant bag of cement-sized bag. It's got to weigh multiple hundred pounds. They make huge lines on the floor, snort it up, because that was the dream of theirs at the time. These guys at Heavy Metal were like, hey, if we're going to write you as aliens with any possibility in the universe... What do you want to be doing? And they're like, whoa. Let's do some coke tonight and think about it, and we'll get back to you in the morning. So they did coke. Yeah. They probably hooked up a vacuum as, like, a coke delivery system, and then they're like, we can reverse engineer this to put the coke on the floor and lines. the dudes weren't, like, coked out. They were, like, stone. Well, yeah, but this was a white powder. 
and this wasn't coke. It was space dust or whatever. Yeah, space but dust. they were definitely were like stoners. Mm-hmm. Not like... Tweakers. Anything. Is that what you call cocaine users? Sure. Businessmen. Tweakers. Lawyers. I don't know. Doctors. Doctors. <laughs> Teachers. Uh, yeah, because they're piloting the plane kind of like Cheech and Chong. They're just like, whoa. And there's like supernovas going off and a bunch of trippy effects. They navigate through a minefield and they wind up at a space station. And uh, they land. What happens then? They crash the ship. Kinda. And they're, they're like, that's a good landing. Is that the end of that story? I think so. John Candy and the girl fell in love. He's oh like, yeah, they get married. They oh get yeah, they do. Married. And she's like, I need a Jewish wedding. And he's like, yeah, okay. Are you circumcised? To the robot. Yeah. Mouse. Robot mouse. I don't know if I'd call him a mouse, but okay. He looks kind of like a gremlin. But, uh, yeah, that's the end of that one. And then we go back to the house and it's the ball talking to the girl. He's like, I think the house is like in between all of these. And I she's got her it. making scared faces while he's like, I got my it. evil uh, is You thought that was fucked up. Here's another one. My evil is untetherably, infinitesimally, <laughs> gargantuan. And then he's like, I have one more story for you. And then I'm going to kill you. And this is amazing because he tells this epic story about how he crash lands and he's the size of a fucking planet. Yeah. And he's like, I'm telling you how I destroyed your people, which I don't get, but whatever. He's like into a mountain, radiates all this green lava down. All these villagers go out to investigate it, get covered and turn into like super mutants. Mm -hmm. They come back to town and just wreck shit. They got, like, needle guns. They got, like, torches. Orange had a metal hand. Yeah. Now his metal hand has green claws. No, and not really. lasers and buzz claws. It was, the, it was the acid bat that gave him the lasers. Grapplers. Uh, and now they're flying these big fat bats, which are really cool and cute. Um, and they wreck the town. And there's some elders who are like, hey, maybe we should have done this earlier when they were at, like, the city gates, but... We have ancient Avengers come and save us, the Tyrannus. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's all call them. Yeah. Call, call, call. And then we go to the Tyrannus, and they're flying hooded through the sky. And there's this is the best animation in the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. They're flying through all these alien landscapes, through all this like biomechanical mess that looks like the Matrix. She gets to the, oh, she lands. We find out it's a woman. Pulls the cloak off. Yeah. There's a giant reflecting pond. Her little chicken thing's stupid looking. It's cute. It's chubby. It's like a chocobo pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, and there's a giant statue of a woman with two of these fat birds on either side. And she swims across this huge reflecting pond, opens up, gives her some tight black and red armor and this yeah. gold sword. It's a whole suiting up scene. Well, the sword comes out of like a a hole in the ground after she puts the armor on. Yeah. After the voice in her head's talking about, like, some vengeance pact. Yeah. Uh, she goes to the city and it's been decimated. Everybody's dead. The elders who called her are dead. And so she kind of follows the trail of destruction over the landscape, flying. Leads her to a bar. Uh, she ties up her big chicken thing next to these bat things. And goes in and gets in a bar fight and immediately just cuts three dudes' heads off. Right. The slowest yeah. sword swings in the galaxy. Really slow sword swings. I, I say still that these were slow motion swings. 
All the combat was really like slow and clunky though. Yeah, it was hard to animate it by hand. <laughs> um, she gets a clue from the bartender. She's like, where can I find this? He's like, over the dune to the north. Yeah, she's looking for the head goon. Yep. She goes over the dune to the north. Totally finds this dude. Gets she rides to the dune. Battle the Royale. Goon. Yeah. He transforms his hand into this buzzsaw thing. Before noon. They land. Oh. You're quite the lewd. Uh, they get in this battle arena. One-on-one face-off. He cuts her arm. He cuts her belly. Pretty bad, right? In the beginning of the fight, I was like, yeah, oh. Yeah, with his little pizza slicer oh, hand. Oh, I don't know if this, is gonna, if this is gonna work out for her very well. But... She gets her sword. What she do? She the bird bites his leg. Yeah, yeah the bird saves her. She hits him in the head with a pipe. His helmet flies. And then off. punches him so hard that he punches yeah. so hard that he pops. That was cool. She punches him so hard we just see blood splatter from all around the head. And they yeah. fly up to the orb and turn into lightning. Yeah, she like channels lightning again, dives down to the orb. And the orb's like giant. This is the biggest we've seen it. Yeah. And the orb talking to the girl is it's like, like being destroyed. Oh no! Oh, I shouldn't have told this story. <laughs> yeah. What happens happens in all dimensions. Whoops! He's like, Fuck. he shatters and explodes. She's like, whoa, that was pretty awesome. I just witnessed an evil god die after yeah. telling me a bunch of shitty stories. Oh, hey, look, it's my mom's bird. She it's gets her. Bird. She gets her own one, and it's purple, and it's sick. And then and, her hair turns white. And, and she's got she the mark of Tyrannus behind her ear. And so you think she was born that way? No. Or she just morphed? Morphed because she witnessed the death of this super powerful evil entity. She flies off and it's just like, Heavy metal! That's heavy metal on Have You Seen. Uh, I would definitely recommend it because it was on my list. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I... I guess I... And it, it's it's certainly interesting. It's weird. It's weird. I like weird. If you like strange anime with like a lot, a lot of, of violence, uh, this is more of an American anime than anything else. You, do you know what Heavy Metal is, Josh? Mm-hmm. Heavy Metal is a magazine publication yeah. that publishes um, indie comics, and okay. these were a lot of them were based off of some of the first comics published and like the most popular ones by Heavy Metal. So that's why they were like original story by. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can still find them if if we have a bookstore in town or we do. Okay. Um, Comic shops. They just did something really recently. A couple months ago, they put out an issue that was like a nice picture of like a cyborg girl, all augmented her face, and if you looked at it through an app, it was augmented reality, and it would like. Parts of her would like slide, her face would like slide open, and like a telescope or something would come out, and like nice. you could move it around, and it was in three D space. It was really cool and innovative. I don't know how many other magazines have done that. That is cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was heavy metal from nineteen eighty one. This has been Fap Check. You can find this <coughs> on fapcheck at gmail dot com, fapcheck at uh, facebook dot com. <coughs> Email us any questions, concerns, movie recommendations, hate mail for Justin's bird voice. Uh, bird voice is stupid. Yeah. That bird was dumb. 
check out our YouTube channel where we post some videos and episodes. We're also on iTunes and podcast.com. You can find our other podcasts there, Amazeballs, where we discuss anthology series, mostly amazing stories, but some others. Yeah. Um, we'll get more as we continue. Have anything you want to plug? I'm alright. Good. Alright, cool. Until next time, I'm yeah. Austin. I'm Josh. I'm Justin. Oh, hey guys, have you seen... Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-